Hey everyone, this is Nick. Dan and I are so excited about this episode because we had the opportunity to interview one of the co-directors of the documentary, Same Sex Attracted, which follows a group of LGBTQ plus students at Brigham Young University's campus. Unfortunately, we are not time travelers, which means when we recorded this in December of 2021, we did not know that a lot of new developments would happen about BYU's response to that community in January of 2022. Please check out the show notes for recent articles of what I'm talking about, but we just wanted to let you know that's why it's not brought up in this interview at all. The discussion was great. We love talking to Maddie. We love this episode, and we hope you enjoy it too. Thanks. everybody welcome back to post mormon at the movies uh this is dan one of your co-hosts i'm joined by nick another one of your co-hosts another one of your co-hosts that's right and today we are super super excited about this episode we're going to have a lot of firsts on this episode this is our first episode where we're going to be talking about a documentary film so that's exciting uh, it's our first film where we're having one of the filmmakers on as a guest host. And as far as we know, this is our first queer guest host who's joining us. So we are super excited about that. We are going to be talking about the film Same Sex Attracted, and we are joined by Maddie Purvis. We are so excited to have you join us um, and to talk about your film. Thank you so much for having me. I would love, I would love to know how many previous guests you've had are actually queer and we just don't know it yet. That's a fun yeah, little well, thing for me. We're, we're still a, a relatively <laughs> new podcast, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, gotcha. we, we have um, addressed. So we had an episode a couple months ago where we addressed the, the 2015 exclusion policy. So we have addressed LGBT issues mm-hmm. on our podcast and we're doing it again. Cause gotcha. I think it's awesome. And important. Well, it's not awesome that there are issues, but uh, I think it's important. And so we're, we're glad that you're joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. The movie that we are talking about is Same Sex Attracted and just wanted to let our listeners know where they can find this. So you have a website. It is ssamovie.com. On the website, I'm not very good about updating it, but um, I try to post all the different um places that it's listed online I, right now i kind of direct everyone to amazon you can get it there i don't know how much you can rent it for but you can watch it there yeah. apple tv itunes to be roku the kind of second tier places <laughs> yeah yeah but it's there it's available and so um i would strongly encourage all of our listeners to go look it up watch it um again you can just go to the website if you want an easy listing of uh, where to find it ssamovie.com also We want to acknowledge that you are a co-creator of this film. Do you want to talk about Zoe? And, you know, we're sad that they weren't able to join us. Totally. Zoe's my partner in crime. We usually do everything together. Um, Their family is kind of in a state of chaos at the moment. Just could not set aside time to think about Mormonism, queer, you know, all of this (laughs) Yeah, stuff was like, dude, I I can't. That's okay. (laughs) That's that's okay. Zoe and Maddie have been on a couple of other podcasts to talk about the film. 
they have been on the podcast called Hot Drinks. There's one called The Existential Ginger. And we will put links to those episodes in our episode description of our own podcast. So if you want to hear more about that, you can go check those out. Maddie's family was also interviewed on a Mormon Stories episode or series of episodes. And so if you want to get more background there, you can you can check that out and we'll put a link in for that as well. If anybody else uh, cares or is interested, I am also have another documentary out. I feel remiss. This is weird, but if I didn't mention, but um, about female firefighters in awesome. wildland firefighting, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's raining in California, so people don't think about it. It's not really the time to talk about it, but anyway, they can find that on the interwebs as well. But awesome. queer students at BYU. <laughs> right. Um, what, what's the title of that film? Anchor Point. Anchor is Point. The title of the firefighting film. Yeah. Where, where can Point. where can we, is that accessible? Is that available to it's watch? Kind of, um, it's kind of accessible uh, on uh, Festival Roulette. Kind of depends on which festival is hosting it gotcha. online virtually. Okay. Um, but I think we're pretty optimistic that it'll be in the interwebs, like the purchase, you know, subscription on demand world okay. by cool. next spring, summer. But, well, stay tuned. Yeah, do. If you like movies, I'm hoping it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back to same sex attracted. Back to the gays. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is a film that you and Zoe made while you were students at BYU. Yep. If I'm correct, this is a this wasn't a project for a, any classes or your programs or anything. It was something that you wanted to put together. Yeah. So that's the answer to that is actually kind of a good um, way to start kind of the, the story of uh, where this came from. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Zoe and I were actually very recent friends. Um, this is the part, and it's kind of fun that they're not here, but uh, ha- Zoe had a crush on one of my roommates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So we met um, when, and when, when they were moving, when my roommate was moving in, Zoe was like, I'll help you move in. We met that way. At that time, I was applying to the film program. We, I had a wonderful time at the BYU film program. Good people there. Anyway, I was applying to the film program and part of the application process is a sample video. So, you know, three minutes max and just pretty much proving you could hold a camera, whatever. I was struggling to come up with ideas on what to do the video on. You know, Zoe, we started hanging out more and more and eventually was just like, let's just, why don't you just do a documentary about us? You know, the queer community of BYU. That's interesting. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is funny, you know, that we're all kind of thinking that about ourselves, you know, like we're fascinating, um, <laughs> but it's true. Right? There's, there's kind of an interesting level of depth about you know the kind of cross-section of homosexuality and you know you know this right in mormonism mm-hmm, right anyway so uh my goal was to hit three minutes we had three minutes and one second <laughs> of a final cut and um in the process of making this little mini video we both just kind of looked at each other and we're like there's something bigger here you know we fell in love with the process of film right as a medium of expression and, and of art but also the, the larger story of kind of the start of some transformative feelings in the general culture of Mormons <laughs> mm-hmm. um, with respect to gay Mormons, you know, uh, yeah. we, we were feeling that kind of that, that sense in the air that we needed to start filming now. Um, fast forward a couple of years, uh, we didn't end up actually filming or, or finishing the film until after we both graduated. And uh, the feature that we had uh, at one point, I did ask a couple of teachers kind of on the side for some advice, you know, what equipment should we buy that's cheap and also industry standard and all that stuff. 
Mm -hmm. Um, but it was definitely not in any way affiliated with university. Um, and I, in some ways was kind of, uh, I I think, I think was, we had the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, nobody knew we were going to make a film, Mm -hmm. a feature film and try to get it into the public realm. Um, so they knew, but they didn't really think or care or really want to know (laughs) what we were doing. Does that make sense? And I assume that if you had... That's the long-winded answer. Yeah. I assume that if you had, you know, done it through the school, you might have been limited in ways that would, you know, not help the cause or the message that you're trying to communicate. Yeah, actually. And um, that has happened. Uh, there was a, a, a student film through the BYU film program, um, a documentary, a short done by a, I can't remember his name. And I, I think I even texted him at one point back and forth. I don't really know him, but it was a great little film called Pride in Faith. Um, and he was a straight guy. Um, and he was pretty much, the documentary was about him kind of learning how to be an ally and a mm-hmm. BYU cougar. <laughs> cool. Um, and, uh, you know, talking, it was very cool, right? Uh, even he in publishing it because it's on, you know, studentfilm.byu.edu slash pride and faith kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Even he was given very specific um, feedback on, and it ended up with the film different than what he wanted. And, and, you know, there's stories that are, have been passed along of him crying on the phone, you know, being like, I'm sorry, I can't include this other thing. And right. Wow. <laughs> um, so absolutely. Uh, I think if if it had if our film had been through BYU you know it it would have been screened it wouldn't mm. have been possible to make yeah um that being said i think that like this isn't a film that's trying to tear down the mormon church right which is something that you know some people might assume yeah absolutely i you know i um what what zoe and i would kind of come back to always is is that's not um that's not the you know the mm-hmm. and in fact it's kind of the opposite of the point um you know the pain of the pain queer kid in mormonism is understanding at least you know this is also my opinion right um mm-hmm. in my own lived experience is also understanding how uh dissonant uh, a homosexual lifestyle right mm-hmm. <laughs> is with mormonism and and you know, I, I, we used to joke, you know, like it's on them, you know, like, what did you expect? You want, you wanted me to have an eternal family, you know, like we have dinner together every night. I want that. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and that's what makes it so painful uh, is that it's, it just does not compute. So mm-hmm. um, our goal was never to burn down the church, even though it, there were times that I, especially while I was a student was at peak anger phase (laughs) and wanted to have a more aggressive approach. But not only did we think that that was less effective, Mm -hmm. um, it was also kind of dishonest uh, and and disingenuous is a better word. I would say Mm -hmm. Um, it's not the point of it. The point is, is, you know, talking about is the empathy and the pain and, and the real feelings that are going on. And I think you communicated that really well. Who would you say that the intended audience is for the film? Um, we talked about this nonstop. <laughs> and uh-huh. we still kind of let it be this nebulous, but very specific, you know, I- idea of a person. 
Um, I, I usually pictured my parents pre me coming out. <laughs> okay. You know, good people, believers who also were still a part of this unhealthy culture. Mm-hmm. Um, or another way of thinking about it, young kids, you know, who were gay Mormons or who didn't even, who even um, maybe didn't have a name for it. <laughs> you yeah. know, I didn't even come out to myself until I was at on BYU campus. Um, but realizing that if they did end up at BYU, if they did end up coming out, you know, this very, that there would be a place for them, that there are examples of people who have been able to make it, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that the, we, we hear, we've heard enough stories of, of the ones who didn't make it. Um, and, you know, and so this film is kind of straddling that, right, for young me <laughs> mm-hmm. to kind of feel a little bit more educated, you know, kind of pull away that you'll be fine. You know, Mormons are nice, generally, kind of revealing weight. There is still, um, even today, you know, even amongst other millennials, there is still kind of a discomfort around queerness in yeah. the Mormon world. Yeah. But you'll still be fine. <laughs> I don't um, know, all of that kind of baked into it. Yeah, that was that was one of my biggest reactions as I was watching the film is I wish that all of my, you know, believing friends and family would sit down and watch this because like, wow, you know, I'm I'm, you know, aware of many of the issues going on. But I just know that for a lot of people, it's just not something, you know, that crosses their mind or part of their lived experience. And so that was that was something that right, right. I felt while watching it. Oh, I love to hear that. Thank you so much, yeah. man. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I hope. You know, mm. it we're we're just kids. We're just kids with with the same we play the same stupid card games. Yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you you want to be happy? That you wanna... scene that I you want to be happy, right? You yeah. want to go on dates to the ice castles and right. you know. Yeah. Um these the people talk about that scene when they're playing cards. It's like 10 seconds that's classic BYU that's like so that's, that's what I did that is like, so BYU I, I saw all those <laughs> <Yes>. like BYU <laughs> apartments and I'm like I did that you know very relatable Absolutely. like oh yeah somebody rear-ended me in that parking lot <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> one of the things I feel or I hear a lot is that sort of the when you're talking about the honor code at BYU people mm-hmm. responding with like well look you knew what you were getting into like why yeah. go to BYU if you are, right. you know, LGBTQ. And, and I think right. what you, you know, something you just said, which the, which the film points out is that like a lot of people in that community don't know that they're a part of that community necessarily until they're already in BYU. Right. And, and so this movie presents that difficulty of like that, what that situation looks and feels like so well, it'd be very hard to watch this and not come away very sympathetic and understanding of like, what that difficulty looks like in the small day-to-day moments. Whereas I feel like the news and sort of the, the bigger story mm. becomes about the bigger things that are more maybe political and sort of administrative yeah. about BYU. Right. Exactly. Right. It, it turns it back into the, you know, the, the person. It's like there's queer BYU kids who, who like BYU, who want to have a good experience there. Right. Yeah, that was um, that one that I, I, I don't know if it ended up in the movie. It did. But J.D. talking about his friend who uh, we were all in group therapy together, actually, <laughs> uh-huh. when this was spoken. But um, he would talk about the flowers. BYU's flowers are beautiful and they're everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, he loved that about BYU. He didn't want to go to another university that was had different, you know, the buildings, the ugly, 
ugly freaking brick right is mm-hmm. still familiar like yeah. <laughs> these are my people um and this and this is also where i want to be mm-hmm. <laughs> um i want to be high on the mountaintop you know right i want the, yeah. i want the chocolate milk and the creamery i want <laughs> exactly. the option of going to a, a crappy steak dance and like dancing like pg-13 but i want to do that with a girl right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and that is so the cognitive dissonance there is can be is that is what the painful thing is it's and and i'm so glad that, that that's your been your reaction that was the point um we didn't want to make a, a political documentary partially also to answer your earlier question that all that all already existed <laughs> um church and state the film believer then came out uh prop eight you know, mm-hmm. even Book of Mormon, the musical, right? They were all talking about the same thing, but not, still not the main thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that that's your reaction. That that was kind of our hope. There were kind of a lot of different directions that you could go when you were making this. And so I've never made a film before, but I imagine mm-hmm. like sorting through all of your little interviews and trying to put together like you know, wh- where do we want to take this? Like you, you, you could have gone down, like talking about the electroshock therapy that they did, you know, there, there's a lot of other like historical stuff that you could talk about. And so I'm just wondering, I, I get the, that the idea was, you know, mainly this, the kind of the underlying background story was about the USGA and kind of the fight with the administration back and forth. So how did you land on that? Um, well, advice. Um, a lot of people in the fil- advice from filmmakers, you know, neither of us had done anything like this before. Uh, we were 18, 19, 20, 21. And, you know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, had all of the motivation and, and, you know, the drive and everything and, and no direction other than I had taken like two classes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it was all over the place. We, there was too much and, and there still is, there's, a, you could do another whole documentary on the electroshock therapy thing especially including i don't know i'm not very clued into current um lds church you know lds newsroom politics um but the oaks quote of late (laughs) right denying right that he was president during Mm -hmm. which is just you know we're we've moved past fact checking now right now it's just we don't now what do we do with all of this yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and, and there was there were too many other things like that. Ultimately, information that wasn't moving the story along, and that was mm-hmm. kind of the advice that we got: is um, you are trying, you know, this is a social issue film. This is a autobiographical. You know, this is passion piece. All of that, comma, and <laughs> you know, no buts. And right. your audience also has to be able to follow along the story, and and in order to retain the information and to digest it. So a lot of it came down to if you're going to make a feature film, 90 minutes with the beginning, middle, and end, <laughs> yeah. you've got to tell something that has a progression, in, invest in that, the other stuff, the in, information about Wilkinson and kind of the honor code, you know, the behavior, because that's a whole fascinating history of the honor code, yeah. right? What used to exist on it? What didn't used to exist? All of, all of that. Um, there was also for a while, I wanted a scene on the big 12 conference <laughs> that was all happening at that time. Mm-hmm. BYU was going to be in the big 12. Apparently they are now again. Yeah. Um, but back then a big coalition of, of, you know, pro LGBTQ organizations pretty much wrote um, a letter, you know, and the big 12 rejected BYU that year. Like it was a big thing. Mm-hmm. And that's much, you know, like all of that would have been lovely to put to include in the film. 
but it all would have been too much information, forgettable, X, Y, Z. Yeah. But I'd be curious to hear, like, without maybe naming names, but like, since the film has come out, like, mm-hmm. have you had sort of responses and, re- and like conversations with people at BYU about the film? And you can name names if you want. I, I will. Just the one that I that did reach out, um, Brad Barber, he was in the documentary program. And he and I, our personalities, we never really had a good chemistry. Uh, it was always kind of awkward, but he was always just so supportive. Um, and he, he, his personality is very self-spoken, but talented filmmaker, very empathetic human, and um, reached out after I had graduated. <laughs> I think even he even texted him and we called on the phone and talked. And he told me that he'd watched the film. He loved that I was making films that, you know, that were powerful and xyz and he totally mm-hmm. supported it and and I, I had talked about earlier a little bit the byu film program was um was an amazing place a really a really in terms of the other comparing to other byu other places on campus <laughs> um a relatively supporting environment which is interesting because i i still had um kind of a rough time but it's a testament to things changing you know the HVAC can be a liberal space which is interesting yeah definitely and I loved seeing the HVAC again which for listeners is the Harris Fine Arts Center and sort of yeah the liberal haven of the BYU (laughs) campus that that was another one of my reactions because you know seeing all these places around campus especially when David was taking on the tours it's like I like had this nostalgia and I'm like Mm -hmm. oh I remembered like you know all the all the good times and memories because because I did have a good experience but now that I've left the church and like looked back and realized it's like kind of a conflicted sure oh totally totally yeah and so it was that was kind of weird for me watching it too but um but you know a good kind of weird I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about um the title of the movie Mm-hmm. and the significance of the quotation mark same-sex attracted and kind of the importance of the labels and terms that are used and maybe the different identities on campus. Oh, Steve, well, you just phrased the question so beautifully. I want to know what you think about it. Well. Because <laughs> this is kind of one of those points of conversation that can yeah. go many ways, you know? Well, I, I've listened to your other interviews, so I kind of know where you're going, but I'll, I'll tell you. I like, knew it. Yeah, so even, <laughs> even back when I was a member of the church, I, I, I think I was, you know, pretty nuanced for, you know, for still being in the church, sure, but like, sure. yeah, I hated it when they used the term same sex attracted. So cringe. Yeah. <laughs> so and, cringe. <laughs> and, and the, the vibe that I got was, you know, the church leadership was like, well, let's not call it by what they're calling it. Let's because, because it delegitimizes it. Right. Yeah. By calling it same sex, by not using queer or lesbian, gay, bi, trans, all of the terminology, it's like pretending like it doesn't exist. And so it's it's this other separate thing, you know, struggling with same sex attraction, quote unquote. Right. When you when you start to think about it that way, it it becomes kind of almost you you realize this sinister reality, like, you know, it it feels a little dirty, (laughs) like wait. That's why, that's why, and it really is. Yeah, that's why they did it. It's, it's othering, it's pathologizing, it's uh, rejecting the worldly, the world has moved into it. They've accepted it. We cannot, you know, we have to call it quote unquote what it is, which is a, something to struggle with, a temptation, 
right rather than way of being or you know or whatever yeah. it is I, I don't have that answer <laughs> and and like I, I think you mentioned this in the documentary or in one of your other interviews but like even just like lumping trans in with that it's like you know yeah. a very separate thing but it's like the church is just using like this one term to kind of cover everything right all of the, all of the oof. You know, that's that's kind of the face my grandpa used to make about, you know, like uh, um bless his heart. He's he's I got he's gone, I miss him. But it's uh-huh. also you kind of realize you're like, oh, that's maybe a, a, a reaction that you should check yourself on. If you're if your reaction to anything clear is to go, eh, that's uh that's the same sex they're they're struggling. You know, they have yeah. That's that the way the way of thinking about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um flipping that on its head. And allowing yourself to think, wait a second, why, why do we call it this? I, I don't know. You, I'm getting, I'm just ranting now because I'm like, yes, you said everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's just something that like, I hope that our, you know, is something that comes across to our listeners and maybe especially the ones that are still believing members of the church, why that is a problematic thing. Right. So Names are important. What we call things are important for mm-hmm. believing members of the church who over the last few years have had sort of the issue of, well, we don't want to be called Mormons anymore. We want to be called this other thing. Like right. you should be sympathetic right. to the idea that people want to be called specific names or sure. go by a certain sort of identifier. Sure. Like, because the believing members of the church are in that right now, like that's what they want. And so let's like, be respectful of other people. Absolutely. That's a great point. Or, you know, uh, when people go on missions, they call themselves different names, elder Mm -hmm. and sister, and Mm -hmm. and they are very strict in adhering that. I also think that something I haven't talked a lot about on with the, and I'm I'm reminded of your audience and how it could be very broad and something that not every, not a lot of people talk about. I don't talk about it a lot, but is the a part of the, the term same-sex attraction and same-sex attracted is that it's also only uh, a portion of my reality of being gay. The same-sex attraction, you know, is so clinical. It, it only focuses on one, one thing, you know, the, this, per, this person with this set of genitalia um, is attracted to this other person with the same kind of genitalia. And that is an illness. It's a, you know, and, and that's not what, what my, you know, like what I want in life is a life partner who I can play video games with and who I can, you know, like I can present and have my Reese's peanut butter, <laughs> cups, you know, without them knowing and then sneaking back up, you know, like I want, yeah. I want somebody who I love. Um, and same sex attracted is, is, has nothing to do with, with that, you know, with wanting a partner, I think. Um, another question that I was wondering about is how has the film been received by the non LDS, never LDS community? Um, that's another great question. I can, um, I'll explain it using our, our recent experience. We went and screened at Boston University uh-huh. and we screened in the uh, law department it, and they were interested in it because of that specifically when in the email she sent out, she was like, we were talking about housing <laughs> yeah. and BYU's housing structure and talking to a bunch of kids from the East Coast 
where I'm not sure if it's Baptist or Methodist is the, is the local norm. Um, but talking to them and, you know, after watching it together, the housing just kind of blew their minds. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> These are a bunch of kids who are studying law and, and they're like, the, the, wait, what? They can, like the university, which is church owned, like can force students to live in like essentially church sanctioned housing in town that is turning into like a monopoly like like it is and I'm like yeah that has nothing to do yes that's (laughs) yeah um so if that answers your question there 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 is so much interesting Mormons and you know Latter-day Saints I should say right uh are fascinating (laughs) yeah and and um the gay thing is turning into more and more fascinating and and less and less understandable to non-Mormons mm-hmm it's just it's it's becoming so uh separate the world and the church (laughs) yeah well and yeah i mean because i think that that's like sort of what you're touching on maddie is that like the inherent sort of like i don't know people watching uh that like especially documentaries Mm -hmm. give us is that like Mm -hmm. gay or lesbian byu student is like such an oxymoron to most people that like yes there's just yeah a ton of interest there that i feel like this documentary and sort of the subjects is covering like is the way that people are going to be more interested in Mormonism and BYU mm-hmm. in a lot of ways that like speaking from the church point of view, like the church should be happy to like be jumping at the opportunity that people are interested to learn about their members, but they're just too scared to like embrace this aspect of their own community. I, I totally, that was when we were first with that first sample video, the three minutes of time. We thought about that, you know, like other people can understand the gravity of a gay person at BYU. <laughs> they know Mormons own BYU, mostly because of the football, but they can also understand, you know, like, whoa, wait a second. What would it be like to be a gay kid on, you know, uh, Mormon college? <laughs> when I feel like Dan and I have talked about, you know, this idea before on the podcast, both of us have left the church, but we both feel like, you know, we both grew up in the church. It's our mm-hmm. culture and like, yeah. you know, and it's hard to like leave that completely behind. And I felt like that was a big theme across, you know, the documentary covers a wide spectrum of people mm-hmm. and their experiences, mm-hmm. but they all sort of mm-hmm. felt that idea of like, I wish there was a way to still be me, but like also stay Mormon. And like, we've mm-hmm. talked about other religions uh, having like sort of an unorthodox versus orthodox sort of subculture. Right. And like, that's something we've talked about. It's like, it'd be great to have like unorthodox Mormons that like, that they're like, that Mormons would accept that there are people who don't necessarily live all the rules. They're not necessarily the same, but like we have a shared culture. And I just feel Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if you could speak to that idea. Cause I felt like that was something that everyone in the documentary expressed to some degree that like, I want to stay Mormon, but no one wants me to stay Mormon. When I was first coming to terms with my sexuality that was something that I was constantly grappling with was um you know like if I'm choosing between two halves of myself you know mm-hmm. between who I am uh I didn't think first of my sexuality I thought simultaneously of my spirituality my faith was so much a part of me uh and at the time more so you know, I, I didn't, that's partially why I didn't come out to myself until later. I, I identified so strongly as a Mormon 
my nickname in high school, you know, my name is Purvis. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I played a lot of sports. So, you know, all the jocks and everything. My, my nicknames at, at high school were Maddie the Mormon and Maddie the Pervert. <laughs> you know, like this. Um, so, so that's kind of what speaking, speaking to that, I always think of that, you know, as like choosing between yourself and your religion. Like, no, 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 no. That wasn't the dichotomy. It was between choosing two parts of yourself. How can I, how can this be? For me in my faith journey, and, and maybe Daniel, maybe you'll remember, that's what I talk about on Warm Stories. My, my journey started with me questioning God for the first time and thinking, why would, you know, like, why would this be in this religion that I believe in so much? Why would I exist to, to such a, you know, the word I use was perverted, unfortunately. <laughs> I no longer mm-hmm. think this way. Mm-hmm. But why would I exist so broken, so wrong, so contradictory to the eternal plan of salvation, which I wanted? and believed in um that did not make sense to me why would a, a god would not make their kid <laughs> you know the, suffer this specific um opposite you know like the the perverted plan of eternal salvation right like that yeah. did not make sense to me so um that's kind of my first reaction to that kind of like thinking about um <clears throat> the interesting character and the interesting story of uh, you know, uh, being a gay kid on BYU campus or being a gay Mormon or um, it really does bring it back to like, okay, wait, um, questioning that space of orthodox or unorthodox, questioning that gray space, can that gray space exist? <laughs> and that's, that's a question that I don't know. Uh, we actually decided not to answer. Um, we asked a lot of all of the subjects oh, constantly, you know, um, and Brandon, we did include in, in, the, in the film uh, like, would you recommend other other queer BYU kids or Mormon kids go to BYU? And uh, basically across the board was no. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. However, they went, I went, you know, I, I went to and I graduated. My diploma is a BYU, it's signed by Thomas Monson. Um, and that's, that's my Bachelor of Arts <laughs> that applies mm-hmm. outside of the church as well. So um, should that area exist of, of, of unorthodox Mormonism versus can it or would it? I don't know. Um, regardless, <laughs> it's about the people and um, whether or not uh, uh, we know what the right thing is to do in terms doctrinally or culturally or, or organizationally within the church. Um, at the end of the day, just be a nice person, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's, it, it comes down to that, that kind yeah. of cliche, I think. And that's why I loved um, how you had David on as a subject in your documentary, mm-hmm. just to show kind of the wide range. Cause he was, you know, on the more conservative side of things, but Absolutely. Like, yeah. still uh, a valid opinion. And um, I, I just loved all of your subjects. And it was, it was, it was fun to follow their, <laughs> their stories. Um, I was going to like, just kind of jumping off of that. I was going to ask you, did you ever think about you and Zoe including yourselves more in it? And I know that that would might, you know, ruin some of the objectivity as documentarians, right? Like how much do I jump in and share my own thing versus letting the other people talk? How did you decide how much or little of yourselves to put in on camera? Um, Yeah, we talked about that a lot. And a lot of people um, wanted that. A lot of people also wanted us to narrate it. Um, but I felt I would have taken away from what we were trying to do, which was to kind of put the audience 
um, on campus walk mm-hmm. with the students kind of kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but we did also towards the end consider ourselves characters in the film as the the filmmakers or as the the students in the group with the cameras. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of how we thought of ourselves. I didn't want to be on camera any more than, <laughs> yeah. than was necessary for that one part where Bryn, uh, you know, called. It just worked right. too well. Zoe whipped out the phone and recorded it, and it just really helped. Kind of, um, that was that was it. But a lot of people did kind of think it would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it. I, I think there's. I personally, selfishly, maybe gained a lot from um, chopping up other people's stories. <laughs> cool. <laughs> like cool. studying them, you know, and and thinking about them in terms of plot points. It was also kind mm-hmm. of healing for me and thinking about themes and messages and you know what can we learn from this and yeah 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 and like dan said like all the subjects are super interesting and i think one of the things that really like struck me watching this is just remembering back to like sort of i guess my own sort of evolution on like understanding you know as a straight white guy like obviously right come from a place (laughs) of like having a lot to learn and i feel like that's something that helped me personally a lot was like seeing depictions of like uh, LGBTQ characters in media, like uh, right. of just fiction, you know, and, but also, and then getting to know people in real life, especially as I moved right. to LA and, and, you know, had developed friendships with people who were uh, mm-hmm. LGBTQ, like the combination of those things, like helped me understand the, these other experiences. And this documentary combines both of those, like mm-hmm. it's the depiction in media and getting to know real people with real experiences. So I feel like, you know, that's sort of my recommendation is that like, mm. this is a really great starting point. If anyone is like listening to this and thinking, I don't really know anyone in my real life experience to talk to about this. Like this documentary is a great starting right. point. Oh, I love that. And how can you not just love Gabe? Right. right? <laughs> now everybody who watches it can say they know and love a trans person. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else can to some degree, sort of like if they wanted to, and they talk about this in the film, like hide their identity on mm-hmm. campus if they want to mm-hmm. but Gabe is, uh, is someone who can't right. and and I right. came away at the end thinking like one how did Gabe get away with like actually graduating from BYU <laughs> like but like also just like such a great <laughs> depiction of like you know there's no way to sort of rationalize like you know they because Gabe can't hide who he is and and we get to see that physical transformation mm-hmm. which is just really beautiful to see that was really mm-hmm. awesome yeah, uh, no, he's he's a, a total nerd. Gotta love him. <laughs> I just wanted to say I got really excited when I think it was David who was talking about that um that what was it, the USGA thing back in twenty twelve, the USGA panel that they had. Yeah. Um, in that one room in the Marb. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I was at BYU when that happened. That was towards my tail end of my time there. Were you? And oh. that was that was huge. Oh. Like he he was not exaggerating. Really? Like, it was all over campus. Like everybody knew about it and was talking about it. Wow. And I really, really, really wanted to go. But I had I had like work or a class. I don't know. I had a conflict. I can't remember what it was, but I was super bummed yeah. that I wasn't able to go to that. Um that's awesome though that's so cool the 08 09 10 11 12 years were so significant yeah. in, in the like in lgbtq-ness in yeah. mormonism 
And I just wish that I had been more aware of that, you know, when I was there. Oh, same. I, and, that was and here's the thing. <laughs> I was, I was on my mission when prop eight happened. I was Whoa. out of the, I was out of the country. So I like, didn't have a clue. I came Missed back it. and like, I like knew something had happened, but I didn't really know all the details. Mm. But so that was, that was kind of a fascinating thing too, for me. Oh, totally fascinating. Politically. How did they get away with that? I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd be curious, Maddie, you know, the documentary ends with sort of talking about some of the more recent, like just sort of a footnote, so touching on some yeah. of the, you know, the recent changes to the honor code mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Um, but I'd be curious if you have any sense of like, if you made this documentary now about BYU, like would, how different would it be? Do you think? Very, well, I think. Yeah. Um, I volunteered for a little bit now at the Out Foundation. I don't know if you know them, but they're a very cool group of um, 100% uh, LGBTQ BYU alumni. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is cool that that exists. But um, it exists pretty much purely to provide um, uh, therapy, free therapy to queer students, which is kind of sad that that exists, but there's now a robust in and out system to flourish therapy, uh, mm-hmm. scholarships, and a bunch of other cool things. Um, and talking to the kids that had applied for scholarship in BYU Provo and BYU Hawaii and Idaho, there are pop-up places like groups on all social media platforms, like the honor code or the restore honor movement, I think started a lot of that Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, Reddit (laughs) groups that are all kind of, um, like collaborating and combining to create like a huge um, including, I would even think, do you know, like BYU Barstool, the, mm-hmm. in, the Instagram account, funny memes, things, nothing related to queer things, but they're, they're all kind of sharing each other's stuff, you know, like on social media. And since the pandemic, everyone's online, the documentary, if we were to do a documentary on what's happening now, it would look vastly different. And a lot of it would be the online world. Uh, like the light, the why, that's a great example yeah. of kind of how the different groups kind of gathered, um, color of the campus and rainbow collective with a lot mama dragons, obviously, and USGA and affirmation. Like there's so many groups now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think, uh, part of the reason why we filmed our documentary also part of our motivation was marking this thing in history. We didn't know what was going to happen, but it felt like something was going to happen. Things kind of did. The, 15, the November 5th, 15th resolution policy thing happened. Um, the, uh, the, the protests have all happened. The unacrobed has then been changed. And I think that's going to happen again. I think something else, you know, something's got to give. Mm. Uh, you've got Voldemort pretty much as the prophet <laughs> of the church right now. <laughs> and when he goes and if Oaks stays in the church, something massive with gay people is going to happen. Yeah. And the lay people of the church are so past it, you know, <laughs> Everybody yeah. knows a gay Mormon, and that was not then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that being said, um, is and I'm just like keeping in mind, you know, Holland's remarks about you know the muskets. I'm sure you heard about that at his, you know, beginning of the semester yeah. thing, and and you can talk about that if you want. But is is there anything that BYU administration could do to kind of make up? for everything is there anything that they could do to make things right yeah i think an apology i think um admitting that uh he was president during the time that electroshock therapy was happening on BYU campus you know and that he mm-hmm. maybe even regrets that <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You know? Instead um, of denying acknowledging, it. Acknowledging instead of denying it. Um, that would all be healing. There are other opportunities, you know, kind of think of any, right? Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Oh, get yeah. creative, like apologize for, um, and not even saying like, uh, the proclamation of the family is false. Not, not that. That's not the point. Again, I don't know how, how else making up other than apology would look like. Um, right. But we all want it. You know, that's, that's a common, I think, rhetoric among queer folk is, you know, <laughs> the apology. Mm-hmm. That's um, all I got. I, I hope that ha- that happens one day. I don't know if it will, <laughs> but I'm, I, I really right? am hopeful. I, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd be curious. Maybe this is a question you don't know the answer to, but do you know Shoot. if any like higher leadership <laughs> in the church has seen the documentary? I have no clue. I do know um, we had a soft acceptance of a interview of who would later become UAU's top legal rep. And he saw the film uh, afterwards. We, mm-hmm. He was he was always an ally, mm-hmm. self-proclaimed ally of LGBT kids. Um, we had a, a strong, my hands are tied kind of approach to the whole thing, which I totally understand, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, at the same time, I, I do kind of think at this point, if you're working for the institution of, of BYU, at least, uh, maybe check your priorities. You know, there are so many mm-hmm. other schools. I kind of am in that boat now. Yeah. That said, um, you know, I would love for as many eyes as possible to see it. And something like a PR scandal would, would make that happen. But I don't know. We've, we've, I, I, we have received enough positive messages from enough people, <laughs> you know, that even if, if Dallin A. Jokes hasn't seen our film, enough enough people have seen it and, and been positively affected by it that that's okay you know yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i have a feeling like um the documentary might not do a whole lot for dallin chokes but yeah i don't think it's i feel like deep. this documentary probably has impacted other people that on the ground sort of in relation to to the church yeah that it you know it is impacting they matter they matter way more than he does <laughs> <laughs> my opinion <laughs> Well, I was curious sort of to step away from the documentary itself a little bit. Like, you know, I love documentary and took multiple documentary classes, Mm. both at BYU and in grad school. A lot of people misunderstand what a documentary really is and what it takes to make. So I'd be curious just for your recommendation, like for for people who are listening that love fiction film, what what's like a couple documentaries that you'd recommend? It's like the go go watch these. Oh gosh. Um, I love everything by the French woman who just passed. Do you know who I'm talking about? Agnes Varda. Her films are beautiful. They're, they are nonfiction, but they are uh, poetic, (laughs) you know? Um, I mean, if you're a sucker for interesting religious stuff, the Scientology series on HBO with, um, with the one, famous actress leah ramini is that it yes 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 that one really fascinating stuff it's 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 more uh juicy details you know like i didn't believe that um which is Mm -hmm. not Uh usually the kind of documentary that i like but but it's still interesting stuff about scientology which is is easier for uh more believing mormons to kind of criticize and pick apart because it's a whole other bag of worms Mm mm-hmm uh, if you haven't seen the documentary Murder Among the Mormons mm. is about Mark Hoffman mm-hmm. who's another fascinating Mormon historical figure and don't um, you know like the don't you know the maker of that 
What's his name? I, I do. I do. Not not extremely well, but he's he and his family are just lovely people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very helpful to us. He gave us a lot of kind of advice moving you know set up a kickstarter and get a camera and all that stuff awesome. <laughs> he was very good to us awesome yeah mm-hmm. those are my recommendations look up agnes varda tyler Newsom, acre point hey if you want a firefighting film yeah um, yeah <laughs> um maddie is there anything that you want to say to our audience which is composed of everybody along you know the journey of faith believing to non-believing as far as um you know, what you hope they might get out of this film or fi- final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, thanks for watching the film. I'm currently on. I'm just very thankful. I can't believe that I'm able to talk about this so openly with so many people in such an intimate way. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It was really hard, but now that it's over, I can forget about how hard it was and I can just talk about um, this really important part of living. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, so thank you for having me on this and thank you for watching to those who are listening to this and Hopefully you walk away with a little bit more peace in your heart. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, congratulations on an awesome film. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. That's very kind. Thank you so much. SSAMovie.com again is the website yeah. and um, your social medias are all linked through that. And again, you have a lot of really good resources um, listed for the queer community on your website as well. So we definitely do. worth yeah. checking out. Trevor Project included, Paul, Suicide Hotline, also Equality Utah. There's a lot of good resources out there. Um, But again, thanks for joining us. This has been an awesome episode. Yeah, thanks so much, Maddie. Thank you both. This has been very fun. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we will catch you next time. Post Mormon at the Movies is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us for regular updates and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you can download episodes as they become available. Thank you for listening, and we will see you at the movies next time.